Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's coming up for all of us, for most of us, actually, and that is the holidays. I actually wish I had done this episode before Thanksgiving, so I'm sorry. I get these ideas, and then I'm like, oh, this would be perfect. This week is Thanksgiving, and then I think, wait a minute, this episode isn't going to go live until after Thanksgiving, (laughs) but it is still an important episode to do because the holidays are just beginning for a lot of us. I want to help you out with December. So often we may not realize that our kids do struggle through the holidays because we may not link it to their anxiety or OCD because it may not be related to their themes. But I'm going to talk about, I made a whole list of things that can be triggered or can get worse around the holidays for a lot of kids with anxiety or OCD. And so even if you think, you know, my child, I think does okay, or it's a good time around the holidays. You might want to stick around and listen to this anyway, because there are areas that we can tweak and we can improve or we could proactively change to make it go smoother. And a lot of times our kids might get more irritated or more overstimulated. We may not link it to anxiety or OCD and who wants, you know, a bumpy holiday (laughs) or very bumpy holiday. So I'm going to go through a whole bunch of different things that tend to be a struggle for a lot of our kids with anxiety or OCD that are really unrelated. A lot of it is unrelated to anxiety or OCD, but there are things that tend to be difficult during that time. And I'm going to give you some solutions on how to be proactive, how to kind of uh, nip it in the bud, how to minimize it. Sometimes we can't, we can't eliminate these struggles, but we can minimize them. So before we get started though, I do want to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., lots of other countries as well. You can schedule your free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is the right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. That's treatmyocd.com. And if you haven't reached out to them in a while and they didn't have providers, you might want to circle back and reach out to them again because they are growing their provider list every single week. And I'm noticing that there's a lot popping up in Arizona, which is amazing because we didn't have a lot of providers before. So go to treatmyocd.com, set up a consultation and circle back with them and see if they have somebody for you. Okay, let's talk about the holidays. So I always look forward to the holidays and then my kids struggle. (laughs) And I've gotten wise over the years, raising three kids with anxiety or OCD, I have learned to naturally do a lot of the stuff that I'm about to talk about. Because in the beginning, I would be surprised that my kids were having a hard time for certain things. So I'm going to get into it. I'm going to go down the list. There might be things that are not related to you. And then there might be things that are related to you. I doubt like every single thing on my list is going to be a yes for you. (laughs) So stick with me as I go through them, because I'm sure I'm going to hit something that you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought that that was related to, you know, anxiety or OCD. So In general, having a lot of downtime, so the holidays, you know, the Christmas break, summer break, spring break, Thanksgiving break, 
it can create more intrusive thoughts, more anxious thoughts, depending on your child. So some people say that those breaks actually help. You know, their child doesn't have as many expectations. You know, they don't have to go to school or they don't have to do homework, things that tend to trigger their themes. But a lot of parents are surprised or confused when their kids have a harder time during the breaks. And my daughter, it's interesting because my son was like, oh, they get a whole week off for Thanksgiving. I have no idea why. (laughs) It's like a weird time to give a full week off. We've never been really big into Thanksgiving. And thankfully, because now that my husband's not here, it's not as sad of a holiday as it could be if it was a really important holiday. Christmas is big for us. And we didn't do Christmas with family. We did Christmas just with ourselves. So that's going to be a really hard holiday. But we have a whole week off and we're not doing anything. And so we did, we went to Alaska the week before. I don't like traveling during the holidays. I try to avoid it because who wants to travel with everybody else? But my son was really excited about having this week off. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's great. He just wants to get plugged in and play. He's into VR right now. So he's like going to play VR. And my daughter was like, oh my gosh, I don't know why would they give us a week. And my 10-year-old was really anxious about it. And I realized she's my avoider. She likes to keep busy so that she doesn't have to think about her anxiety or OCD to the extent that I was having a hard time getting her to take a shower. And eventually it came out that it was because she had her thoughts with her and it was too much for her. And so we had to work through that and talk about sitting with uncomfortable thoughts. That's one thing that we may not notice with our kids is the avoidance of sitting with their discomfort and sitting with their thoughts. And so you might see some apprehension around break time, around that long break. And there's not much you can do because it's a good exposure, but you might want to have a conversation about it and to say that we don't want to be afraid of our thoughts and that the downtime is is kind of a, a practice time as well to sit with that discomfort and and learn how to build those muscles to handle those thoughts. I just want to make note of that because that in and of itself can can cause some struggles. And all of the anxiety and OCD themes can stir up in general. So if your child has contamination issues, it can get more intense around the holidays. There's more people walking around. There's more strangers. There's more people coming to visit. But also just the change and the level of activity can bring on more of their anxiety or OCD themes that they already have. And for some, they might get a reprieve. They might be so excited about the holidays that they get a little reprieve from their anxiety or OCD themes. So it'll be different for each one of you. But I'm not going to go into that because you already know how to deal, hopefully, if you've been listening to me for a while, or if you've taken my online courses, or if you're in my membership community, you already know how to handle the regular stuff. Not that it, you know, we don't have full control, but we know what our role is in doing that. But there's other stuff to think about. So I'm going to go through that. First one is get togethers. Get togethers can be really hard for our kids, depending on what their issue is. So if they have social anxiety, just dealing with all those new people. And you might say, well, you know, it's Aunt Susan or it's Grandma, blah, blah, blah. But if your child doesn't see them on a regular basis, to them and their social anxiety, that's still somebody they're not comfortable with. And so get-togethers can be hard. And it's good to be proactive and talk about it ahead of time and make a plan. So it can be helpful 
to have a plan on what you're going to do if you're at someone else's house or what you're going to do and what the expectations are if they're at your house. And I'll give you an example. We're actually going to someone else's house for Thanksgiving, which was very kind. Somebody invited us over and they have two young kids that are like pretty much my kid's age. But my oldest, who's 18, who has social anxiety, you know, she's the odd, odd person out. They don't have someone her age. And I'm going to sit and chat with, you know, my friend and my two little ones are going to run off with their two. And so being proactive and thinking, how is that going to impact her and her social anxiety? She's not going to want to sit there forever. So we talked about her bringing her car, right? So that she doesn't have to sit there forever and be uncomfortable, that there is a time that's appropriate that she can bow out. And so that's just an example. If your child is overwhelmed, then you might bring, and this is going to seem really taboo, but you might bring an iPad so that your child can reset and, you know, regroup. You might get headphones and you might find a cozy corner for them to just watch a show or have alone time. Don't worry. I know this is easier said than done, but people can judge and I get that. But our kids sometimes get overwhelmed, overstimulated, and they do need a time out and maybe they need to reset. And so you know your child and you know what your child needs. And so I think the gist of what I'm saying is think about your child's needs before you go to someone's house over the holidays and think what will help proactively get them through that time, whether it is a bag of activities or whether it's finding a quiet place in that house and asking the host if your child can sometimes go there just to get some quiet time, or if it's, you know, setting up a play date with some of the people that are going to be there beforehand, it's going to be different for each one of your kids. But the main message is think about it ahead of time. Now, if they're coming to your house, the same thing goes. What are the expectations for your child? You know, with my son, not during the holidays, because we haven't had people come over for the holidays, but when people come over in general, especially like since my husband has passed away, like we have a lot of people that have come over that hadn't normally come over. And I've told him, like if someone's coming over to hang out, that the expectation is that he comes down and just says hi, and then he can go back and hide. And that's because he would literally hide, like hide under his bed, like literally hide for the entire time that they were there. That's not healthy, you know? So the expectation is you need to come down and just say hi, and then you can go hide, right? That that we have to build those skills. Same thing for my oldest daughter, believe it or not, she struggles with that. Now that might be a very low expectation for you. You might have a much higher expectation. <laughs> Every kid is different. And so you want to just think about those things and you want to sit down with your child alone without your other kids present, if you have other kids and just say, so-and-so is coming over. They're going to be over for probably about four or five hours or whatever it is. They're bringing their kids. This is what it's going to look like. What struggles do you think you'll have the most? And listen to how I'm phrasing that. I'm not saying, do you think you'll have a struggle? And I'm not saying, what struggle will you have? I'm saying, what struggle will you have the most? And when we say the most, that opens up. It's like an invitation to communicate. It's saying, I already understand that you might struggle and what's going to be the hardest. And so I'm not putting them on the defense. It's language that facilitates more communication. 
Okay, so that's get-togethers. I'm going to move on. The next one is they're out of their routine. And so even for older kids, even if it's exciting, or we're going to this Christmas party, or we're going to this holiday thing, or this event, being out of their routine can be overwhelming. You know, we've been traveling a lot. And when I come back, we just got back from Alaska. We're traveling like every month because that's my new thing. And when I come back, I'm so disoriented. It takes me about a week to get out of my funk, which is ironic, right? I'm traveling into beautiful places and I come back and I find I get into a little bit of a depression. Of course, I'm dealing with grief and so I'm coming back to that. But also it's because I feel discombobulated. Like I don't have my routine. It's definitely exacerbated because, you know, I'm coming back and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that, you know, not that I forgot, but I'm coming back to my world that is missing somebody. And so that is really hard, but just the routine and not having the routine for a while throws me off and it impacts my mood, even if I wasn't dealing with grief. And our kids are often the same. So um, not all of our kids, but a lot of our kids, there are some things that you can do to mitigate this. One thing that I do is, you know, and these are not rocket science, like going to wow you kind of suggestions, but they're things that you may not do because maybe your kids are too old and you never thought about it, or you think your kids don't need it, but they do. And that is have a calendar out and write things on the calendar. That really helps during the holidays when there's a lot of things coming up. I also have a whiteboard. I've talked about this before. It's really been incredibly helpful to anchor all of us through all the struggles that we've gone through. But even if you weren't going through all that, it's helpful to to create structure in the day. So I have this whiteboard in our kitchen and every night, like clockwork, I write down the new date. I write the new day. It's Wednesday, November, blah, blah, blah. And then I write down what we're doing that day. And I even write down what I'm doing, partly, this is a total side note, but I want my kids to see that I'm doing a lot of self-care. So I'll write like mom's going to therapy or mom's getting a massage. I float in a salt tank. (laughs) It really helps my soul and my back. So it's like a, you know, kill two birds with one stone. And so I'll write that. Like I want my kids to see that I'm taking care of myself. That's kind of a nice thing to do. You should do that too. But if you're writing Christmas party at five or so-and-so is coming over at six, those things can really help create routine out of the out of the non-routine, if that makes sense, right? You're still shaping it and forming it and, and grounding your kids. You may think that's not important, but for anxious kids or even kids with OCD, it's really important because they need time to prepare. Now you might say, I don't want to tell them that so-and-so is coming over because they don't like so-and-so and they're going to get really upset. It will be worse if you just spurred on them and they're like, surprise, you know, Aunt Judy's here. And I know Aunt Judy triggers you completely, but we didn't want to tell you before. That's not going to really help. (laughs) Now you may not want to tell them too far in advance because you don't want to hear about the complaining, but some warning so they can prepare is very helpful. Also for kids with OCD, you may not even realize that when they're thinking about certain things, they have to problem solve in their head. And I'll give you a concrete example. And it will be different for each kid depending on their struggles, but it will be similar in the sense that they have to problem solve. So when I tell my daughter, when we were going to, we went to Utah and we, we were hiking through the Narrows, which is a river hike. When I told her that she had to plan for her OCD. And so she had to think about it and she had to say, will there be a bathroom? She has sensory motor OCD. So she often has to pee. She'll worry nonstop about access to a bathroom. And so 
She needs to problem solve that in her head. Even if the problem solving is there will not be a bathroom and you'll have to go for four or five hours without a bathroom and people pee in the river. I know that's gross, but that's a lot of times what people do. That's still something she has to wrap her brain around and she has to process that. And so that might be different for your kids. They might have to worry about a contamination issue or they might have to worry about a social anxiety issue. It doesn't mean that they're going to accommodate or that you have to accommodate it, but they want to wrap their brain around that. I, for my own anxiety, I need time to kind of stew and sit with things that I'm going to have to do that are going to make me uncomfortable. I plan for these trips. Oh my gosh, do I plan? I plan every little thing. I pull up maps of the airport, you know, (laughs) so I know exactly where the car rental is and where I have to go and where the shuttles are. I over plan. And then when I'm there, I feel confident because I know what to expect. That's a coping mechanism. It's not a bad thing. So we want to give our kids the opportunity to do that. And so if you're going to a festival or if you're going to a party, if you can find out a little bit more information than you normally would about it, that actually helps. So you can say, this is what the festival's going to look like, or this is how long we're going to be there so that they can kind of plan and prepare. Okay, moving on from that. So we've got too much downtime get-togethers, out of routine, on to the next one. Food issues. (laughs) This one's dear to my heart. How many of us have, on the low scale, picky eaters? On the high scale, you know, ARFID, you know, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, contamination with food, all sorts of food issues, right? This gets very tricky when we're not at our house, when we're visiting someone else's house, when we're traveling to someone else's house. So at the very least, you might be visiting someone's house for a get-together. It's a brief period of time, and some people might find it rude. You know, you might have a grandma or an aunt or an uncle who's like, why aren't they eating my food? And they get annoyed by that. So I did, I think I did a whole podcast on, I feel like I did a podcast on Thanksgiving about this. I don't know. I feel like I've talked about this before. But it depends on your comfort level, but it is okay to bring your own food. And if you want to talk to the host beforehand and say, no offense to you at all, but, you know, I'm going to just pack some, you know, Cheez-Its or goldfish or whatever your child's go-to food is because they're super picky and they're going to be here for five hours and I really don't want them cranky. And so a lot of what I'm saying is, you know, not caring what our relatives, our friends think and being there and advocating for our kids. Some of our kids may not be there yet. We may want them to be able to eat at a get-together, but they may not be there yet. And so don't beat yourself up and say, I'm accommodating, because it's a process. And we do have to accommodate our kids as we progress. And so we might be accommodating some things and working on some other things, and we may not be there yet for some stuff. And food is one of them. And so if you have to pack some go-to foods, because which would you rather, your child sitting there starving to death, not wanting to eat any of their things, getting irritated and moody because they're starving, or you pack whatever you need to pack that you know they'll eat so that they are able to participate and not worry about the food. That also goes for contamination. If you have a child who's not there yet and they need to have their own packaged food, the holidays is not the time to throw them in the deep end and say, you know what? You're going to have to eat what they have because that's the deal. Well, if they barely can eat anything in their house, there's no way they're going to eat something at someone else's house. And so accommodating that for the holidays is not a backstep if that's what you're accommodating at home already. 
And so just be realistic and prepare ahead of time because then your child can relax and have a good time. Now, having said that, let's say you've already worked on that and you're working on them eating in other areas. You're not going to want to step back and say, well, you know, it's the holidays. I just want them to relax. So I'm going to just pack them something. Don't go backwards because it's the holidays because anxiety and OCD doesn't care if it's the holidays. They see an opportunity. So when you go backwards, anxiety and OCD will will glom onto that and be like, woohoo, this is our new normal. So don't let go of your progress because it's the holidays. Let's just give them a break. It's the holidays. Don't do that. Keep where you're going. Just don't go five steps ahead because your child's not there yet. And the holidays are a hard time. So you want to keep your progress. Uh, You don't want to go backwards, but you also don't want to expect something from your child that they couldn't do on a normal day. So I know when we travel, I always bring protein bars. I mean, luckily my kids will eat Luna bars. Thank the gods for that. (laughs) And so I have Luna bars in my pocket. I have Luna bars when we travel. I have Luna. And part of it is because my youngest has celiac and now she's got this lactose issue. And so when we're like, when we're traveling to Alaska, they didn't even, you know, they had nothing gluten-free. We had to like figure it out ourselves. And so, you know, and I'm sure when we travel like outside of the United States, we're not going to always be able to accommodate her and, and she's 10. And so sometimes the gluten-free food is gross. It's no offense to healthy people, but a lot of times people equate gluten-free with healthy And she's a 10 year old. She wants to eat chicken nuggets and pizza like the rest of them. And she doesn't want, you know, a Brussels sprout, you know, wrap. (laughs) And sometimes that's all we can find that's gluten-free. And so bringing protein bars is is our way of handling that. So you might want to have your thing and don't be afraid to do it. Okay. Too much on the food issue. I'm sorry. Let's move on to the next one. Too much excitement. So For some of our kids, the excitement is overstimulating. And there's a couple of things that we can do preemptively. Now, everything I say is to minimize the struggle. It's not going to eradicate the struggle because we don't have that power, but we can do our part in trying to recognize some potential struggles and try to minimize them. I am very guilty in the past of overscheduling. I love the holidays. And so when it's Halloween, we're going to literally every pumpkin festival in like the hundred mile radius. I want to hit them all. (laughs) When it's Christmas, I want to do every like Santa cookies and I want to do every festival. I'll research everything that's going on in the Valley and we will be doing something every day. That was too much for my kids. They really don't want to do that much. And so you might want to tone it down. Even if your kid seems like they're excited about it, you might want to space it out a bit. Or if you do one thing, you know, if you're scheduling multiple things per day, you might want to just do one thing. Or if you're going to go visit multiple relatives per day, you might want to just visit one house. And so sometimes you have to scale it back more than you actually, you want for your child so that they can have the best time that they could. Sometimes they're going to need more decompressing. They're going to need more time alone or more time without stimulation. You have to plan that and you have to schedule that in. And so like if we had a really big party to go to on a Saturday night, the next day I would make sure that we're not doing much or maybe we're doing like kind of a solo quiet activity at home. And so you want to be cognizant of that. Okay, moving on to the next one. 
this is something that my daughter struggles with. And this is kind of more of an anxiety or OCD theme, but it is one that tends to pop up during the holidays or special celebrations. And that's like worried they won't enjoy it. And so you can have anxiety related issues of, oh gosh, I hope I'm going to enjoy it. Or what if I don't like my presence? I really want to enjoy it. And then you can have like OCD, almost like a moral OCD thing. And I feel like that's more of what's going on with my daughter. For her birthday and last Christmas, she would be in tears. As soon as it started, I'm going to ruin it. What if I don't like it? What if I'm in a bad mood? What if I argue? What if I ruin Christmas for us? What if I don't like my presents? What if I'm not grateful enough? I am starting to notice some moral OCD themes, which is upsetting. If you don't know what moral OCD is, you can listen to episode 115, where I talk about moral OCD. It's having intrusive thoughts that you're not a good person. And and so that's a hard one. And what I've been doing, which isn't going to take care of her full panic, because she just had her birthday in November, and, and she was worried the whole day, I'm going to ruin my birthday, I'm not going to be in a good mood. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, because at the end of the night, you know, her siblings were arguing with her, and it didn't go well. We wound up not having cake, and she cried, and then she went to bed. It was a total self-fulfilling prophecy. And we can't control that completely, right? Because we're not in control over our child's mood. But one thing that I will say to her for Christmas is, and this is what I said to her for her birthday, which didn't 100% work, obviously. <laughs> but I said, you don't have to be in a good mood. In fact, you're still human. You know, you're human on Christmas morning. You're human on Christmas day. You have feelings. You're going to have ups and downs. You're still going to bicker with your sisters. You might like some presents. You may not like some presents. That's just the reality. It won't be a perfect day. So sometimes when we beat them to the punch before the actual event and say, it's not going to be a perfect day and that's okay, that can help. That did help her the next day because the next day we talked about it and she was she was lamenting about how she had ruined her birthday. And that's the other thing is like, there's almost like a hangover effect that happens afterwards. And we did have this conversation and it, it did help her the next day. And she really snapped out of it and said, oh, it's fine. You know, I don't know why that was such a big deal for me. Now I'm going to use that preemptively for Christmas, even if she doesn't bring it up. Now, see, this is a thing that parents get nervous about. They're like, I don't want to bring it up because she's not having a problem with that right now. She, maybe she doesn't remember. And so I don't want to bring that to her attention. I like to rock the boat. I am proactive. I feel like if I can beat anxiety or OCD to the punch, I want to do that. And so before Christmas starts, I'm going to say to her, now remember, you know, O'Cloud's going to show up. We call her OCD O'Cloud. O'Cloud's going to show up and it's going to say, oh my gosh, what if you're not going to have a good day? So I'm going to preemptively give her those thoughts that OCD most definitely will start to bring to her. And then we're going to plan her defense. How are you going to handle those thoughts? Remember, they're going to pop up so that when they do pop up, she goes, yeah, we already planned this. Thanks, O'Cloud, but we already knew you're going to show up. And I realize that I'm not going to have a perfect day and that is okay. And so being proactive can really help. Okay. I've got two more. The next one is, I see this a lot. <laughs> so I want to include this. Some kids, some anxious kids are scared of the idea that this man is going to come into their house in the middle of the night. He's going to come in through their chimney and, and creep around and decide if they're good or bad and then leave presents. It kind of sounds creepy, right? <laughs> so 
you really want to tune in. If your child is very scared about Santa, and I've seen this with a lot of kids who have anxiety, they get really nervous about this idea. And so they become hypervigilant the night before, you know, Christmas Eve. And they're they're really worried. It's not this excited, anticipatory feeling. It is an anxiety. So pay attention if your child seems nervous about Santa and wanting to keep an eye open because they don't know when he's going to come. And you might want to explore that with them and make sure it's not that they're anxious and not excited. What I've had to do in my therapy practice for some kids is the parents had to tell the kids, Santa is not going to come to our house. He's going to leave the presents on our porch. And so the idea that he's not coming in to the house was comforting. Now, I know that a lot of you aren't going to have that issue and you're going to be like, really? We love that. And that's great. But you want to be aware that some kids get nervous and anxious about that. And it makes sense. The other culprit (laughs) that causes some anxiety is your handy dandy elf on the shelf. And I understand why that can really creep some kids out. I mean, we tell kids all year long that, you know, Chucky and Annabelle and these dolls aren't real. They're not going to come and kill you. But then we tell him, but on Christmas, this cute little elf is going to come and he's going to move around and he's watching you and making sure and he's reporting back to Santa whether you're good or bad. (laughs) Now, for most of our kids, that's fun. And I loved Elf on the Shelf. I went to town with Elf on the Shelf. But not every kid is going to respond that way. So you want to be, again, tap into your kids and make sure that you're listening to your kids And if it makes them uncomfortable, you want to definitely be aware of that. And so, you know, if you have a child who has moral OCD and they're worried about being good or bad, and the elf is deciding whether they're good or bad, that's not going to be very helpful. And so you might want to not do elf on the shelf, or you might do kindness self. I love the kindness selves where maybe your kids create the kindness selves and they create doing kind things around the community. There are different ways you can tweak it and still have fun. So some things to think about on those topics. Okay. My last one that I got on my list is the letdown after the holidays. And so a lot of us feel this. It's like, you know, it's my husband actually felt this a lot. He'd get kind of down after Christmas and he'd say, oh, all the build up, And it's so sad that it's over. I do a couple things in my house. Now, sometimes people might think, you know, it's spoiled. For, for the kids to be like wanting more or upset that it's over. They should be grateful. But the reality is with anxiety or OCD, you know, they're having these highs and then it's just over. And so there's this cliff and then there's just nothing. And so it can be even more intense for kids with anxiety or OCD who feel deeper that, that now everything is over and I have to go back to all my struggles and I have to go back to my difficulties. And so there are some things that you can do to kind of soften that cliff and make it more of like a plateau where they're kind of coming down a little bit. One thing that I do is I hide a couple of presents for the day after. See, the UK has got it right because they've got Boxing Day. And so it's like a holiday after the holiday. And I like that because you can have a boxing cake. You could have, you know, there's a name for it. And so you can actually do something. We don't do that in the States. But I try to do something special the day after and the week after. And so I always hide a couple of presents. So we always give a couple of presents on Christmas Eve for that anticipation. 
and I always take a few and I hide them for the next day. If I feel like going all out, which sometimes I do, I'll actually create like a a riddle, like so I'll hide them and then I'll make like these little clues and they have to like follow the riddles and then at the very end of the I might do like 5 or 10 riddles, like, you know, I'm warm, I come in here to get dry and I'm warm and then the clue will be in the dryer. And they go to the dryer and then it will be like a clue that in the refrigerator and then eventually they get to the present. That's fun. And it just keeps the excitement. And then normally for the present, the day after Christmas and for Christmas Eve, I purposely pick things that are like big projects or something that they can really like open and explore. I mean, if you're going to be intentional. So that's one thing that can really help. The next thing that I tend to do is I plan something for that week after Christmas. It's not because my kids are spoiled and they need more things, but it just, it's something else to look forward to. And so this year we're actually going to go away and we have a trip planned, but I always try to plan something so that my kids can, I can say, oh, but we're going to be doing this. And so that there's a little bit of something to hang on to, to look forward to that can help. So those are my ideas. I'm sure that you have some other ones. I hope that you found this helpful and it might be some stuff that you never even thought about. And there's things that we can do regardless of whether our kids have anxiety or OCD to be proactive and to just make things smoother. A lot of what I talked about could help any child. So even at your kids without anxiety or OCD, they can benefit from those things. A lot of it is just planning and preparing and being in tune with what our kids need. So I hope that you are enjoying the podcast. I hope that you guys had a great Thanksgiving for those of you in the States who celebrate that. Hope you had some good family time. And if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you consume the podcast. If you have a few extra seconds, you can leave a review. I greatly appreciate that. And to show my gratitude, I always like to end my show reading one of them. I want to say thank you to uh, Sid Vig. They wrote, my go-to. This podcast cannot be recommended highly enough. Mid-2020, my 13-year-old daughter saw a TikTok explaining OCD and came to me and let me know she felt this is what she had. Which, by the way, totally separate comment. That's pretty incredible. You know, we always think TikTok bad, you know. But the fact that she's she got educated and was able to realize that she had OCD is pretty impressive. You wrote, I was completely unaware of this, yet very aware. I had a socially anxious child. Lockdown days were great for her. I didn't know what to do, what to think, and how to best support her. Those early COVID days were scary enough. Yet I knew as a parent, I needed to educate myself fast. I Googled and came across AT Parenting on YouTube and then found Natasha's podcast and online community. I speak from my experience rather than that of my 13-year-old when I say that this support system Natasha offers is a lifeline. It props me up on difficult days. There's a podcast for each tricky situation, and it builds my confidence in knowing how best to handle the evolving situation with an extensive toolbox on the better days. All in all, it's my go-to and have shared with some people I know are in similar situations. So now I walk the dog, ear pods in, and listen to Natasha several times a week. Ever grateful for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write that. I'm glad that you're in my community and getting that deeper education. And I appreciate you leaving a review. Thank you. So maybe if you have something nice to say, I'll be reading your review next time. I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do. I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.